0: Hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. I do hope you're having a good day. Uh, Yes, today's podcast, podcast number 21, uh, is with a good friend of mine, Hugh Davies, uh, who is the founder and creative director of uh, the new company studio uh, down in Melbourne, in Australia. We talked about a number of different subjects, uh, especially about the power of brands. Uh, What I would simply say is it was his first podcast, but he knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. Uh, So please enjoy uh, the podcast. Let me know what you think. And yes, have an outstanding day. Ha, peace. okay we are recording ah hello my friends hello my life warriors wherever you are in the world oh happy friday or in some cases happy saturday uh, to people on the other side of the world i'm here today this is podcast 21 i have actually remembered this time uh with uh, my good friend hugh Uh, who I have not seen in, oh, a good long time. Uh, Last time I saw him, the world was in the turmoil of a financial crisis. Uh, Everyone's at a panic and he was fresh faced over in the UK. And yes, uh, over a few pints of beer and a good old Liverpool game, we'd started our friendship and it was good. Uh, Yes, uh, some things about Hugh. Yes, he is the founder and creative director of the new company studio, he is also a business uh, owner slash consultant uh, when it comes to branding. But uh, that's enough about me saying what I need to say. But Hugh, uh, please introduce yourself to the lovely people out there.
1: Hi there, Mewa. Yeah, hi. I'm Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, thanks for thanks for having me on this. It's um it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. So thank you. My it's um, by the accent you can probably tell I'm 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 from Australia and um, it's it's uh, it's about half past eight in the morning down here on, on the Saturday so thank you for having me mm. um, my background yeah I suppose it's pretty interesting how how my background has started because I've all, I've been in graphic design and branding pretty much all my life yeah um, since since the days you know when I sort of got um, went into university straight from school. And, uh, and then had a, had a big career, um, basically went through the corporate system, worked for some advertising studios, um, pretty much just found that it wasn't sort of for me and then, and then a few years ago started my own thing to run my own thing. So a little bit of a snapshot, there's, there's a few twists and turns or a lot probably twists and turns along the way mm. and how I got to being a business owner now um, because it's, yeah, it's a bit of a tricky road the, the creative industry.
0: Okay, like so, you like you started in basically graphic design. What drew you to that in the first place?
1: Yeah, I I remember being um, it was probably words and images. I know that sounds super super simple, but back back when I was at school, you know, I went to an academic school. I went to a private school, mm. and um, and you know we did have some subjects that were sort of artistic, you know, photography, media, you know, those type of traditional ones. But I guess I needed, I it was for me, it was trying to find an outlet. So I did go to an academic school. I did okay academically. I actually originally wanted to become an architect of all things um, because it was sort of funneling me into this sort of, you know, creative slash, you know, a bit more scientific, a bit more maths orientated. Um, but... You know, unfortunately, I, I found out pretty quickly that, yeah, my maths and sort of science scores were really not good enough to be <laughs> an architect. So, um, thankfully, I, thankfully, I never got into that. And yeah. there were never any buildings that were built based on my maths and reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's falling.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I'm, so I'm pleased I didn't affect any of those um those kinds of building um, things are there. So, yeah, look, I, I suppose getting, getting into um, graphic design because of needed an outlet, basically, mm. and a creative outlet. I, I actually studied, so to fast forward a little bit from school when I finished, um, there, there weren't a lot of, as I said, going for an academic school. There wasn't a lot um, I could do to get straight into university because I didn't have the folio. Okay. So for a lot of graphic design courses, you need you need to have shown work, you know, that you need to that, that you've done. But I didn't have that. So I had to do like a foundation course for about a year. Yeah. And then straight after that, I actually went into um, product design, actually at Monash University here. So a little bit different. So product design um, was more like furniture, you could get into automotive. Mm. It was about three D modeling, that kind of stuff. There were yeah. graphic design components, so I got into that. But actually, found probably about halfway through that that degree that it wasn't quite for me. Uh-huh. You know, I remember coming home. Um, I remember it really well. Actually, I used to, you know, go to a few um, just to give give my edge away. But you know, through the nineties, the the uh, the dance scene was pretty was pretty awesome okay. and um, I used to go to a lot of you know parties and stuff like that and I used to love all the DJ and the posters for all these parties right yeah and back in those days they were very colourful they were pretty wild some of them they had some interesting typefaces and stuff like this and I actually kind of fell in love with all that and I I remember coming home to my room. Looking at all the posters that I had in, like, stuck up in my room, and I thought, this is what I actually want to do. I want to, I want to design, not just posters, obviously, but yeah. I wanted to make something commercial out of it. And I decided, yeah, I wanted to stop doing product design, so I basically deferred for a while, went to work, and then just tried to figure out how to get into graphics. So that was a bit of an, sort of a bit of an epiphany that I had. Um, which has turned out to be, yeah, really, um, really sort of beneficial. I think.
0: Yeah, you know what? Like, I would simply say you, you're quite fortunate because not many a person uh, can actually have a pivotal moment like that. They sort of, sort of get stuck in one sort of track, and they're like sort of making that yeah. change because they've got, oh, I've got so much time invested, I've got this invested. Why I. Uh, don't want to do that jump, Yeah, takes a little bit of bravery to do that um, and self-awareness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I had that when I was younger. I don't know, I'm not sure where I got that from, mm. which which parent perhaps, but or whether that's a learned thing, but yeah, yeah. I, I tended to have that. So I tend, because I'm quite, um, being a creative, I'm, I'm sort of a sensitive you know, person to lots of different things. So I think I was quite sensitive to the situation back mm. then and kind of like, you know, we had we had um, our teachers our lecturers uh, asking us midway through that course like what do you want um, what, to what do you want to major in basically mm. what do you want to do in your final year and there were there were people there that would had been sketching in their books you know uh, you know um, designing cars and designing furniture and stuff like that and I hadn't done any of that. Mm. Nothing was coming naturally I suppose for me so yeah for me it was a natural thing okay. Um, don't particularly want to do that defer just in case I mate might, might change my mind because mm. it's not an easy thing obviously so almost yeah. to tell your parents as well like, as well like, you're doing what <laughs> like, yeah like, exactly
2: uh-huh.
1: no. exactly so it was a bit of a shock i think to them mm. uh, because i sort of changed tack You know, it's like you've just gotten into university. That's really well done. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Finish something, you know. (laughs) Just, just get to the end of the
0: course. If you want to change, then change then. But get to the end of the course. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think many a person has heard that sort of statement from a parent down the road (laughs) over the Mm. course of time. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you know, it comes from a place where they're just worried uh, for you. But yeah, (laughs) you're like, come on, it'll work out. Maybe (laughs) I'm not (laughs) absolutely sure. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's a bit of a risk, isn't it? It's certainly a risk. Um, But I think I think generally I've always had that. And and to this day, I've I've had that feeling that, you know, if you are doing something that you're not enjoying, Mm. That, re- that really there are other options for you if you can obviously if you can figure them out but but don't don't sort of sit with something that you're not enjoying and it's making you unhappy mm. for too long because you can feel you know I think that can do sort of damage to your um, to a lot of things to your confidence to just your well-being I think so yeah I was pleased that I sort of acknowledged that early on and mm. then I tried to get back into university uh i think like after about a year or so because i think i went i actually went and worked in a warehouse and stuff oh. and just like packed books hey. <laughs> so something completely different
0: yeah, yeah, yeah no 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 that that's nothing wrong with that that's all cool like yeah 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 but <laughs> Packing books, and you know, like this is a thing. Sometimes doing physical labor, uh, some people look down upon it, but I don't see it that way. Like sometimes it is good to like really bring up a sweat and on your brow, and like you know what I mean. Mm. Know you felt a good day, hard day's work. I think it's underrated. Like underrated in many people's opinion. Uh, plus, when you're doing work like that, it gives, like for me, I worked in it, like when I was in Cambridge, I was working in industrial laundrette 13 hours a day. And uh, like, it was like, yeah, great people. And it gave me a good opportunity to like, get my head together. Like, you know what I mean? help me focus yeah. as well.
1: So, yeah, um, I would 100%, 100%. And it's funny you mentioned Cambridge. I do remember you when you moved there. Mm. and i think at the, and I think at the time I may have mentioned that uh, i I grew up not far from there, so I, in a little town called west wickham okay um and i don 't I, 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 we may have had this conversation when we met over a beer watching Liverpool you know win a game probably again but um but in a snapshot, yeah, I was born over in the u k in Sussex, and then the family moved to Australia in nine eighty three so I was about mm. eight years old so and the and just to just to get bridge to the the packing books thing, and mm. an interesting kind of a segue is that I was working at Cambridge University Press when I was doing that, so uh, that was the branch uh, here, yeah, yeah, because my father worked at the at the organization, so there was a, a bit of a synergy there, mm-hmm. interesting,
0: yeah, no, but so you went from packing books. Back to university, yeah. and with your return to university, what was like? What was the sort of first steps? What like how? What put you on your path to uh, now? I don't think that was very clear, but yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. No, good question. No, good, good good question. I remember I actually uh, I tried to get back into RMIT graphic design. Mm. I didn't have um, again a large enough folio, and at that time. That was the kind of end of the 90s, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and uh, technology was like, you know, computers had been around, but, mm. but graphic design was starting to really take off in terms of digitizing. So you had a lot of um, software programs come out and uh, people designing on their computer. It was very, very early days. And so I actually sort of took a sideways jump and sort of thought universities – I wasn't getting in, so I was a little bit disappointed. Mm. But they weren't offering too many, uh, I guess, the practical side. So I actually went into a TAFE, mm. and I did uh, a graphic art course.
0: Okay, um, like a TAFE, uh, just for like people
1: like, outside of uh, Australia. Uh, yes. yeah,
0: yeah, what is a TAFE? <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that, yeah. so it, it is, if I'm correct, it is an acronym, but I, I won't go into that. Basically, it's like a tertiary... Um, a technical college you okay. might say and it is one that that's uh, you know it's an equivalent to a university in a way
2: mm-hmm.
1: Here, um, they are they're notorious for yeah for being more practical I suppose it's not that they're known to be um, yeah you don't do a degree there like a four-year degree you might do a like an associate diploma okay of graphic design which is what I did um so yeah, that's pr- that's pretty much the difference. Yes. I won't get into sort of the, yes, the technical sorry, things, but I think that's plainly, yeah, the difference.
0: Technical college, um, vo- more vocational type situation. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, we got- no <laughs> lies. No so lies. I got into, yeah, so I got into one of those, the local ones here in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and it was fabulous because it showed me all different uh, aspects of design, so I actually did, um, a lot of graphic design, a lot of typography mm. subjects, um, a lot of layout subjects. I was still doing some uh, some paste-up, what they used to call in graphic art. So paste-up was the old way of basically creating your layout. Uh, okay. um, we used to cut out different things. Any of your listeners that know if, if they're in graphic design,
2: yeah,
1: they might know what I'm talking about here, but I won't go into much detail, but basically it was sort of like um the old way
0: uh, yeah no but like you you're talking you said you're mentioning all of this sorry to interrupt but it's like it's quite fascinating mm. because you go right you had to do this had to cut out that and like this now like if, if you said that yeah. to someone oh. who's doing graphic <laughs> design right now they'll they'll look at you mostly in the realms of shock and horror because like yeah they would
1: it's yeah
0: it's so far removed <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, no but yeah
1: they Absolutely. No, you're right. Mima. I mean, it's it's amazing how far things have come. Mm-hmm. And when I was at uni or sorry, the TAFE, the college there, yeah. that was a time when they were going through a transition. Mm-hmm. So it was going from the old, let's call it the paste up method. So it was a very manual method of yeah. and, and, and people, they were using this for magazine layouts. You know, if anyone was in publishing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, newspapers, I think maybe were the same. I'm not too sure. Um, not a specialty, but it may be the same. But I guess it was a way of, of organising your content um, into a layout where you would be sticking things together and then you were taking what was called a bromide um, photograph of it okay. using a bromide machine. To anybody listening, you can look it up, go Google it. <laughs> yeah, you're saying stuff I'm like, a bromide? <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty, inter- pretty interesting stuff. So I was, you know... Pleased that I, I went through that, and pleased when I started because I'd actually didn't like doing that. I don't think anybody—if you put your hand up and said you enjoyed doing that—I think that might be, uh, <laughs> you know, a little bit loose in your in your head. But um, no, it was it was a bit of fun. It was a bit of fun, and it was always good to learn. I think that foundation yeah. uh, kind of technique back then for yeah. design. So, but I was obviously pleased that there were computers involved, and and then we started using you know, Adobe software back then, um, and yeah, and a bunch of other things. So it was great.
0: Oh, excellent. So basically, um, while you were at the Tate, like the Tate, is it? Like your technical college? Tate. Tate, Tate. 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 yes. Uh, You went, like, was it a case of if someone was to, like, look at things now, would you recommend them going to university or go more down the practical path in sort of today's market?
1: Mm, that's a good question. That's a really good question yeah i've because I've been thinking about this actually mm. about because there's and just just to not answer your question directly, but I think just generally, as a general comment, I think university have been struggling, haven't they, in terms of um, making them relevant their courses? Yeah. I, I certainly know that here. Anyway, I'm not sure how that is in the UK, but yeah, in Australia, I think it's because there's we have private colleges here too. Yeah, um, that that do offer graphic design courses in an accelerated fashion. So you might you might only need about three months or six months to sort of do a course. Um, and and I think the the designers that are coming up out of that have actually been pretty good, okay. from all accounts, from what I've been seeing. <laughs> um, yeah, when the, when it first started, I think there was a lot of, uh, like, uh, people that had gone to university or, or done a, you know, a TAFE course, maybe yeah. like myself, <clears throat> or some kind of, you know, other learning, may have sort of frowned upon, I think, when they first come out. This is years ago. This is Hopefully my dates are right, but mate, it's probably at least ten years ago when these colleges started to come out. But yeah, yeah, I, I think it was always a bit. Oh, I'm not so sure how that that works. Mm. You wonder about the quality of the the work that they're producing and stuff like that. Um, these days, I think there's maybe there's parity. I mean, personally, I don't. I'm not sure that four years at a university. Is the best way to go, or use of your time? Yeah. But it's but it's a tricky one. I think it's a tricky one because it's it's very personal. Excuse me. And Um. I think there's other options now. You know, I think there's there's courses that you can do online. Yeah. Um, There's YouTube, of course, which is you know it is massive. Yes. And so there's there's all these different ways that you can get your knowledge. And I I would I would say to people this is probably how I would say it. I would say if the universities are doing uh, courses that are relevant and sort of accelerated and they then then do that because you learn a lot of other life skills obviously yeah don't you going to, going to university and um you know dealing with uh, you know working with other people and in different projects but um, if that's not for you, that sort of extended time, you want to actually do things a bit quicker, then I would I would go, make, go to maybe one of the private colleges, mm. or even online courses as well, just to accelerate it cuz 4 years is a long time man. Yeah, no it is a
0: long time. It is a long time. Yeah, the reason why I bring up the question as you you mentioned YouTube but like there's like things like Skillshare uh, out there now and oh god, what's the other uh, is it Udemy or something like that? Udemy? Yeah, yeah Udemy is uh, great as well. Yeah, where uh, when it comes to certain things, well, like when it's not a sort of vocational subject like law, architecture, or basically like, one, or medicine. It's a case of, I kind of look at when I see photography, graphic design, web design, stuff like this, just by the nature of the market and how quickly it can sort of shift and change. By the time you're doing a four-year course, it's like what you learn at the beginning of that course can change quite extremely in a year, but most definitely over four years. That's the only reason why I sort of bring it up, just to like get uh, a clearer idea for someone who's been in the business, like knows what's going on uh, with the sort of current landscape, if you get what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, you make a good point. Yeah, things move, you know, because it's technology based, you know, it's software based, graphic Mm. design, it's style, there's fashion in it as well. Um, Design moves pretty quickly. And so, yeah, it needs to be needs to be relevant, doesn't it? You know? Mm. Um, YouTube, absolutely, great resource. I was thinking too that there's also, um, I I think because graphic design and design in general, and look, this is probably for a lot of creatives as well, Mm. is that some, some people are really natural towards it, right? So it's kind of we gravitate if you're a creative, we gravitate towards certain jobs. Now, some of them, you might not need a lot of education, to be honest, around it. That's so there's still a lot of, yeah, I know, it's, <laughs> it's, I know, it's a bit of a controversial sort of a subject. I, I suppose I just feel that there's plenty of ways now because of the internet, mm. you can you can create work at home, you can make up your own projects, you can redesign, um, you know, uh, your favorite artists, you know. Um, cd cover or a poster or redesign a website or something like that you can actually do that stuff all from home
2: Mm.
1: and you can you can post it on various platforms to get feedback you know Mm. so you can start finding your outlet without having to go through that process of of traditional learning if that makes sense now yeah
2: yeah
0: no uh, with uh, with you finishing university, um, what was your first job like? Like, what was the sort of first job you sort of got into? Um, can you remember what the sort of first assignment was for your job?
1: I can remember the first job because I always look back on it and think I think that was my best job. Uh-huh. <laughs> even uh-huh. even now, okay, probably well in terms of the most fun. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. So my first job, I was working for a small record label uh, in here in Melbourne. Here nice. they were actually in Box Hill. Funny enough, it's actually um, not far away from where I'm living right now. And it was a small record label, and they used to uh, they used to license music from overseas from Europe, and so. I remember every sort of Monday morning we would have a meeting Yeah, and some of the A&R guys would walk in with like a stack of CDs, right, back then. It was sort of 2000, I think, 2001 maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of era. And they would walk in with a stack of CDs and like we would just play them. Everyone would stand around listening and if we liked them, we would say, right, let's license that. If we didn't, we would sort of throw it in the bin. <laughs> and then, and then, what they would say to me was, "Okay, hit, this is what we're going to go with." Yeah. Take those, take the music back to your desk, and I had to design the cover. Wow. So the CD cover, or maybe the record, you know, cover as well. Mm. So. That was pretty amazing for me because I love music. Like that's been a passion, you know, just all my life. Um all the way from hip hop through the nineties through going to parties and raves and stuff through the nineties and early two thousands and even even now. So that pretty much married my first job, so graphic design. Yeah. To to music. Yeah. Remember it well.
0: Uh, (laughs) Why did you leave?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I'm sure they're not listening, but that business actually sort of went into receivership so
2: oh.
1: <laughs> it went through a bit, a okay. bit of a tough time oh, over yeah. about I think I was there for two years oh. yeah
0: no because that sounds fantastic uh, you know do, marrying up both of your loves music and creativity on your part Oh, yeah that, that what more could you want like <laughs> you know hundred percent I mean? yeah.
1: yeah it I, was really interesting it was really interesting actually and just to see how. I think that industry worked too, because mm. sometimes sometimes the, um, the artists might actually have their own uh, artwork already done. Yeah. So if we were licensing some uh, um, you know, um, uh, some music from, from Germany or something, that artist might already have it, so we might get sent it, mm. and then I would have to create something from those photographs of the, of the artist. Um, to create something but sometimes I had like open slather you know I had like just just create something because we've got nothing basically no. so uh, that was a really awesome in terms of like creative process because what I would do would just sort of, like, listen to the tune and figure out something and then just try and put it on the computer so yeah thrown into the fire put oh, it that way excellent no,
0: <laughs> oh, thrown into fire but yeah came through it stronger on the other side no doubt
1: absolutely that uh, no, was a great experience great experience
0: Ah, uh, perfect um like is it possible to tell me uh something about the design jam uh project um is it is that you design jam project officer uh global ideas
1: oh, okay yeah that was a few that was a few years ago uh-huh. um yeah, that was for that was for a um, so that was a bit of volunteering that I did. Actually. Okay, and a little bit different to what I do now, which is graphic design. That was helping facilitate uh, some workshops. So this, this was a this was so um, global ideas. Mm. Um, if you guys want to look them up, um, are actually a, a health. They're sort of they're not for profit. That basically um, they they run a they run a forum sort of every year and they they tackle and they want to sort of bring to light a lot of health related um, uh, problems and ideas and stuff mm. to to the population right so they're they're based locally here in um, offices Carlton I think okay. I remember so yeah that was that was an interesting um, uh, project. For me, because it related to um, health related issues and it was a community uh, based sort of project as well mm. um, and just from memory because I'm sort of trying to take my mind back to that, I think it was around four years ago yeah um, yeah, it was very interesting we so we would tackle a we would tackle a problem so I'll just give you a snapshot of what those those uh, forums were like or that was that we would tackle a global problem around a health issue
2: mm.
1: um, and it would be a discussion piece um, and we would try and p- figure out between ourselves and people that would would join us, Yeah. right? So people had had to buy tickets to come and we would go through the process of human-centred design, which again is something that I can um, touch on but you might want to go into a little bit of detail later, is that... Um, go through the problem that that we're posing, brainstorm some ideas on potentially how uh, a group of people can help affect that, mm. and then what solutions you, you have come up with, and then pretty much present a solution back to the group. Yeah. So have you heard of human-centered design? Um,
0: no, I have not. Like um, this is the first time I sort of, come across it um i think i've that may have heard of the concept before in a, maybe a slightly uh, packaged in a slightly different way but yes um the brainstorming and getting people together uh, to tackle a great uh, solution uh well uh, to tackle a great problem to come up with a solution um mm. well, i am i w- can't say i've been to many a workshop like that uh, the closest I think I've been to something like that is uh, oh, way, 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 way back in the day when I was doing like, summer camps over in the United States of America, uh, okay. randomly. Uh, but yeah, where they had your orientation and doing trust falls and like, you know what I mean? Doing those games where you had to work oh, yeah a team. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, I've got to say, doing that stuff back in the day, uh, it takes me back, huh, way back each year it just gets a little bit further away but yeah but it was like good times for me then Uh, and it made you think about yeah the whole process of working together not so much as a team but more as a community if you get what I Mm. mean so I do yeah so I think I can't when I try to describe team and community it's one of those things where in my mind I know it's two clear things by explaining it it's not the easiest thing to explain if you get what I mean.
1: Mm. No, I understand. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and and the community aspect is what human centered design is is really all about. Mm. Um, yeah, it's something that's that's been it's it's very topical. It has been very topical here in Australia for quite a long time, a yeah. number of years. There's courses that you can do in it. Um, there's uh, you may have heard of UX design, so user yeah. experience. Yeah. So the similar, there's kind of knowledge behind what human centered design is, and it's it's pretty much like uh, it's an approach to a, a problem solving. Okay. Mm. To help to help you um, design solutions uh, using a human perspective. So that's kind of what it means. Mm. So UX is sort of come out of that. As well, because you, user experience is all around. Well, how does how do people feel when they're on your website? How do they feel when they come into your um, branch of you know bank branch, for example? Just as an example. So, yeah, um, going back to that sort of facilitator role that I had, that was super super interesting because yeah. we would we, we would have a, a a group of really um, mostly young people, mm. so people that are interested in they might be doing a science degree. Some of them had um, uh, uh, medical backgrounds, so some of them were were young doctors, and they had a fascination and an interest in how we can help, pe- you know, people globally or locally, um, and how do we tackle a local problem? And it might be something around a health-related um, issue, you know, mm-hmm. and not just to touch on it. Obviously, you know, there's some medical stuff happening around at the moment with the whole...
0: Uh, no, I corona- have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> coronavirus thing, have you heard of that? <laughs> uh,
2: um,
0: no, no, I, yeah, I can't say it, it's been mentioned at all. Um, like, yeah. You may have heard it in passing, perhaps. Yeah. No, like put it this way, um, this April, uh, I was meant to be running the Paris Marathon. Like, so, yeah. yeah, so basically, uh, found out yesterday, that's been postponed until oh, October, wow. so, like, yeah, like, let's just say, things are shutting down fast in mainland Europe, plus, they're going to have really? a meeting, I believe, what I read on the BBC website, on Monday, uh, basically, everyone, different sports organisations are getting together, uh, on Monday, to basically talk about whether they're going to close doors on sporting events and gatherings so maybe by this time next week there will not be a London Marathon Uh, like I was meant to go to like well at this moment in time I'm still going to Everton like Everton versus Liverpool uh, at Goodison uh, Mm -hmm. on the 16th but I haven't bought my like train tickets to go up there yep. yet because i uh, not sure yet. Yeah, yeah I think uh, um, at this moment in time, the way it looks, it most probably be behind closed doors. So yeah, ah, that's, it, it's so disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's a crazy time, and like you know what, uh, these things seem to crawl up every a hundred years. These sort of like, yeah, I can't say, uh, as if I say pandemic. It makes mm. it sound a lot worse than it is. But like right now, like it's by all means it's no Spanish flu. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? No, which was no, no like, at all. like which is absolutely freaking insane. Like, you know what I mean? Millions mm. of people died in that. But it's yeah. one of those things where you're kind of now looking at it going, Yeah, the the numbers they're not crazy high, but it's high it's high enough and I think the way it's been reported that you can't avoid but pay attention to it. You are know, like, yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. There was this, ah, can't remember, but there was a BBC programme, I believe on Tuesday, uh, and they were basically talking about the whole coronavirus and they were going into it. And you're like going, you're like, okay, fine, yeah. It started out, gives you some numbers and the numbers were not that high. It was very low. But then mm. the production value kicked in and all I got to simply say is like if you didn't see the numbers at the beginning, you would think we're all about to go off to, off a cliff into mm. like the great beyond. And you're like, OK, um, flu is still a bigger killer than yeah. the coronavirus. Like, I understand this is something new and it might have to be played a slightly different way because they might not know. Where it might end up, but it's still mm. flu is still a bigger killer on the human race year on year than this virus right now. So it's like, yeah, so it's like,
1: yeah, it's about perspective, I think, isn't it? I think that's what, mm. yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah, I know. It's look, everyone has their own opinion, I think, about it. Um, um, everyone will deal with it differently because there's a lot of fear around and. My perspective in Australia is yeah, our media is really pushing really really hard to I think um, instill a lot of fear in people, which which yeah. I just my personal opinion I, I I really don't like that. Yeah, I think uh, I try and sort of search out my own um, you know uh, advice and and sort of stats around things just to sort of get more of an overview uh, sort of an overview rather than sort of panic mode. Yeah, there's I don't know if you've seen but there's people. Buying up um, (laughs) toilet roll in this country. I don't know whether you, I think, has it reached your country yet?
0: Yes, it has. has. And you know, it's like, right, like, uh, on the BBC website, you just see, like, this whole roll, like, nothing. nothing. It's like, basically, you see, like, I look, I, put it this way where i'm in Crouch End, like i walked into the local co-op there yeah there's plenty of toilet roll there maybe i shouldn't say this out loud because the whole world would go crazy uh, yeah, but i've seen there. yeah i've <laughs> seen images where you just see the whole road that's taken out it's like yeah got food everything like this and it comes to the toilet row nothing but it's like yeah you're also like
2: yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah
1: it's, a, it's a strange one. It's a phenomenon. And I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, that are just local ones, community ones as well. And uh-huh. I think the, the the difficult thing with it is that, that, you know, there's a lot of families and people that are, that are struggling to even just buy those essentials because mm. there's people out there that are, that are buying up on it all. So I think that's where we need to get some perspective and just start thinking about, okay, what your needs are. Government has come out and said that we're not running out. You know, I think... Kleenex and all these companies have come out and said we're running like 24 hours our machines now to like run around the clock to get all this stuff to you so we're not going to be running out so it's okay (laughs) everyone calm down for a second
0: yeah look this is a thing (laughs) yeah you go okay if they if they're going to close like put sport events behind closed doors Mm. it's it's a practical thing to do it's it's the smart thing to do. Like, yeah. But let's just say we're, we're nowhere near some, like, yeah, some zombie apocalypse or something mm. like this. So, yeah, <laughs> get a grip, people. Calm down. And, like, yeah, if you are sick, stay at home. Like Just get, stay at home. Yeah. Get, yeah, uh, just stay at home. Get fluids down here. Like, do what you need to do and then get better. Because mm. more mm. people... Have got better than this, then I've died from this. So yeah.
1: No, that's right. That's right. No, and it, look, uh, we had a program here. I'm not sure if you got any um, similar exposure in in the UK, but we we've got a program here that a bit of an alternative sort of news, more of a variety show that happens once a week. But it's popular because they tend to um, interview p- people and sort of they get real news. You know, it's not. Hmm. It doesn't seem to be tainted by. I don't know. Whatever, whatever, whatever your persuasion. But th- this one, they actually interviewed a couple of people that were on that um, that cruise ship. Oh yeah, uh, the one that got effect- infected, and um, there were one, some people.
0: Is this one in Japan?
2: Or... Yes,
1: that's yeah. the one. Yeah, and they interviewed. So there were a couple, a young couple, uh, and they were interviewed, and they were just asked like, "How did you feel?" Because both of them got infected with the coronavirus when Mm. they were on the ship. And both of them said that they actually didn't have bad bad symptoms at all. They didn't really feel like they had, um, I think one of them had a bit of a cough. Mm. The, The guy said, I didn't really feel like I had anything wrong with me. And so he said, if I didn't know that I was infected with the virus, I probably wouldn't have, have known. So they had them in quarantine. But he said that he felt quite fine. They had to, they were in quarantine for quite a while, and um, obviously they're off the ship and everything now. But I think what was telling for me was that, first of all, they weren't showing too many symptoms. Yes. Second, they actually said that, I think the first week they were on the boat, um, the guy actually caught... Uh, the flu, so the regular flu, and said that it was far, far worse, he <laughs> felt. He said he was in bed for like two days or something. Um, he he had a headache and, you know, the usual kind of uh, the fever. He said that he had quite a bad fever and stuff mm. like that. So that was just a thing about perspective for me. That was a really interesting and really good thing that was put out because it gave perspective on, I think if you're – in that demographic of, you know, um, certain age group where you're fit and healthy. Yeah. Sounds like you're going to be okay. Um, and I think just like with the flu that there's certain age groups, isn't it? The elderly and stuff that are just more affected, unfortunately, so you've got to be more careful.
0: Absolutely. And it just brings it back to the same, like my point earlier, the flu has been more Mm. like more deadly. Well, it's more deadly year on year. and like than uh, this coronavirus and yes it's going like the same at risk people from the flu are at mm. risk for the coronavirus so it's say, like yeah and like don't get me wrong like yeah I wouldn't wish illness upon anyone but come, mm. you just got to be like okay everyone calm down calm down it's just because it's come out at a time where everything was slow and then, like, it's just been built up, built up, built up. And mm. I, I won't lie, maybe China had a little... that uh, With the way China is when it comes to certain bits of information, how they restrict stuff and everything like this, they may have not handled it in the best way. But when mm. they started to get on it properly, uh, they, you know what I mean? They, I would say they've done an effective job. When they were, mm. okay, yeah, okay, hands up, Screwed up, but like, yeah. Um, I would say if you take a look at, say, Italy, where like I think it's like thirty thousand cases and rising. Um, yeah. You, crazily quickly, you you got to yeah. go right. Okay. Uh, to the point where I think the in like uh the Italian England game uh has been cancelled this week uh in the for the Six Nations so. You know what I, mean? I heard that, yeah, I heard that,
1: and it's affecting it's affecting their um their football as well. So I saw that the the Champions League match with Juve, uh, and I forget who the other team is, but they're going to be playing that behind closed doors as well. Mm. So that so they were talking about how that might affect, and it will affect. It does affect yeah. the players because there's no there will be no there'll be no atmosphere there. You
0: yeah, know? no, absolutely. Um, you no, know, I'm. I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think they actually might be bringing the Italian league to a close sooner rather than late than the regular Is that them. right? Wow. Uh, like, I, as I say, I'm not 100% sure about this. This is, like, I heard, but yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right now, like, someone could go, yeah, oh, they're not playing games, like, on this Sunday. I go okay, by the Understand, time it's yeah. around, yeah, it's like, oh, they've stopped the league and they're not gonna be playing the games of football ever again in this lifetime. It's like, yeah. That's so i so things not can sure. change so so
1: quickly, can't they? Things can change. Oh yeah.
0: And like the whole thing is just uh, as you say, perspective. Always perspective. Yeah. Because I like, I think many a times, um, depending on the person's like perspective, like life can be so much worse. For them, or it could be so much better for them. It's like, yeah, yeah, like one person can see themselves as rich, the other person can see themselves as quite poor, depending Mm. on their perspective. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Absolutely, Mm.
0: yeah, no, but with this, like, yeah, you became the founder, and like, over the course of many, not. Not many years, but a few years, say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, With your useful about formats. four, I think yeah. it's about four. Yeah, uh, you became yeah. the like founder and creative director of the new uh, the new company studio. What is yes. that about?
1: If you can
0: fill, what is that? Yeah, happy to fill you in.
1: Yeah. So the new the new company the new company is a. So it's a it's a graphic design business mm. specializing in brand identity and um, you know digital communications and for small businesses. So I like to I like to really, I mean here in Australia there's 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 so many small businesses that are yeah. starting up and there's so many people that are starting up little side hustles as well. Mm. Something something that you probably know you know quite about a lot about I should say. And, you know, I think for those, people need, they need resources, they need um, they need good advice and, and they need design work and they need websites and, and other things. So, yeah, the new company is all around, is all about helping uh, entrepreneurs and what I like to call heart-centered business owners. Heart-centered. So, yeah, heart-centered. So, I call them, I call them that because... It's just, to, it's just to define certain business owners that, I guess, have, have started a business for a purpose. Mm. So there's various reasons why people start businesses. Sometimes they're, you know, um, just for money. There's some maybe pushed into it. Sometimes it's a love or passion that they have. But a heart, what I like to call a heart-centered business owner is someone that has sort of got a passion, got a real drive, yeah. And they've, they've created their business around that because it's a purpose that they see for themselves. So, um, you know, people like that are really lovely to work with because they, they've already got a vision, you know. Mm-hmm. They've got a vision as to what their brand um, may or may not look like or their website or any sort of part of their marketing as well. So I specialize in help, helping people in that area. Um, been going for been running since for about four years, mm. um, and yeah, the the real reason that I started that because it's quite an interesting story as to how I got into starting that business was if I take a few years back, if I sort of rewind a little bit back to maybe you know six seven years ago, mm. I was in a full time job in a at a studio. Uh, employed as a, a senior designer, and the clients that we had were great, they were big, so mm. they were corporate. But over a period of time, now I was there for about three years, I just started finding that, like, morally I couldn't really work on those projects anymore. Oh. And to give you an insight, I won't name any names, but to give you an insight <laughs> as to where,
0: where name, those are. Name away, name away, we can get a No. <laughs> I have nothing. I mean,. I, <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean I'll mention the, the sort of the industries and you'll be able to guess. So one of them was the tobacco industry, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. And it and it and it's, it gets better. So I was in um alcohol industry as well, we looked after and then also gambling. So <laughs> Wow! Like you just
0: like you know what to just top that off. You just need weapons. <laughs> that's, that, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, just like oh, wow. That's it. You have a full house right there. But yeah, I, that's it. I, that's it. A trifecta of sorts. Well, you yes, want. alcohol, gambling, and yeah. Oh well, my god, and tobacco.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Three. Three vices. Now, you know, um, to your listeners that may be involved in some or all three of those. There's no no issues around what you do in your own life. Yeah. But to me, but to me, what I found was I just started to struggle morally with with trying to market and design for businesses that were selling those products, right?
2: Mm.
1: Um, and specifically the tobacco one, to be honest, and the gambling. Yeah, I I, I, I like I like a yeah. drink, you know, like well, like the I, next I, person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you hand up, yeah, right, right. yes. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely goes hand in hand with the football, doesn't it?
2: Mm. Um,
1: so, so yeah. Look, I had I had a bit of another time where a bit of an epiphany again, sort of of sorts, to say, hey, you know, these companies, these businesses have really given me um, uh, interesting work. Mm. Um, creatively, it was very challenging because uh, just for a number of different things, particularly just to touch on it, particularly just in the tobacco industry. Uh, that went through an interesting time because of, um, you know, you couldn't do advertising anymore, direct to to consumer, so there was none of that. So we dealt with packaging design, mm. and then that kind of got taken away, if you remember. We did the plain packaging. Yes. Kicked um, off, yeah. yeah. The
0: green pack, was it green packaging over? in yes. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. i we'll seen the news
0: report about that, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the business that I was working for, uh, actually, um, yeah, had a hand in developing that color, so-called color. All right. Yeah. They actually. Okay.
2: Right.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So it was partly from what I remember. It was it's a directive from the government as well, right. but we were with the with our client to try and figure out the colors that we had that we could use. So that was an interesting story in itself. Mm. I do remember. I do remember a story around that. That um, and uh, if I can remember correctly, um, is that there was a colour that was defined. Um, now, for anybody that knows printing and printing processes, um, if you if you to make printing easier, um, you uh, for a lot of printers you might as a designer you might choose what's called a Pantone color, okay? So Pantones is a group of colors, right? Pre-defi- predefined colors, and you you obviously, what you get is like a swatch book. So you might have a whole book of these, all these different colors mm. that you can choose from. It's a little bit like going into, you know, Bunnings or something here or whatever a trade show, trade shorter shop you have in the UK yeah. where you might say, oh, I'm to my house that color, and there's a little swatch on there. So for for print, we have what's called a a Pantone swatch book, Mm -hmm. and we would choose a colour, and then that means that wherever you you get that sort of document printed, in this case it was packaging, okay, so cigarette packaging, the printer could use that colour because it's a predefined mix, okay, and Mm -hmm. then they use that on on their printing presses, and it can be consistent across lots of different print material, let's say. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's an it's a way of making it easier for the printer and for everyone. So there was a, there was one that was defined a color, and but it seemed to from memory it seemed to be too close to um, the color olive. Okay. And I think it used and okay. So stick with me here. Stick with me. Yeah. We're still talking you. about tobacco. Yes. <laughs> And this colour. So, if you remember, part of the part of the, what we had to come up with was a really gross colour, because we didn't want to make it appealing to people yeah. buying cigarettes.
0: Well, you know, olive is a very appealing colour to many a person. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: There you go. There you go. Exactly. So, what happened was there was an association here, and I hopefully I'm getting my um, my story correct, but there was an association here called the Olive Growers Association.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could see where this might be going. <laughs> yes. you, you so stick did. with me. So, yeah. so the Olive Growers Association found out about this colour that was going to be used on this cigarette packaging and thought, no way. <laughs> we don't want that associated because it's too much like, yeah,
0: well, you know, ah,
1: yeah. Yeah, what we do. <laughs> yeah. Their own product, yeah, mm. so uh had to go back to the drawing board and create an even dirtier color, okay,
2: yeah,
1: and we couldn't and we couldn't be calling it olive green either. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you might be the Paco company, but we will sue. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, hard. No,
1: exactly. So, not something. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get into into that. So, so, so that that happened. Yeah. Then we had to go back to the drawing board and create a a more dirtier color. Yes. Um, because again, going back to that idea, the the plain packaging was created so that, um. It wasn't meant to be appealing, right, mm. to people that smoke or to people that don't smoke. And, yeah. of course, they, they finally put them behind closed doors as well, so people uh, couldn't even see the packs, so they weren't allured yeah. to, with the use of colour or anything else. So, yeah, we had to go back to the drawing board, find a better solution with the colour. I think we came up with something super, super muddy yeah, um, and, and dirtier. Couldn't call it olive. <laughs> Went through the whole process, I believe, and... The problem with it, though, was that it became super, super difficult to replicate for all these printers because it was so dirty. So to some of your listeners or to people that that don't understand that print process, just think of it as going back to those Pantone colors. So if you chose one of those colors and said, took that to any printer in the country and said, please print that, you know, Pantone number 1234, for example, then they could. Yeah. Easy. Mm. But if we went and said, look, it's based on this one, two, three, four, but we've added a bit of cyan, we've added more yellow, rah, rah, rah. It's actually very much, very difficult to replicate that in different print shops right. as well.
0: Uh, but okay. um, would that also change on the type of paper it might be printed on as well?
1: Yep. Yeah, that's a factor. And also, humidity in. The facility and the, so that the city actually makes a difference too. Oh, so, yeah, so there's all these factors.
0: Dear me, that is a pain in the. Okay,
1: but I'm yeah, sure your company is... got paid handsomely for
0: it, but pain in the backside. Yeah,
1: so that, yeah, a little story around how that came around, which, which was pretty interesting how all that came around. And I think finally they, they got to the right colour and Mm. I think they had to, they was a lot of trial and error getting it right. Um, as I said, a lot of variables up and down. Printers um, not being able to replicate it across the country, and I think a few runs and a few, a few bits of cardboard and um, wasted stock, uh, <laughs> as you could imagine, and probably lots of money down the drain. But you know that was all part of the process. Yeah, then it finally I think got out into the into the wider public. Ah. So very interesting, but back to back to I suppose the, you know, the print aspect of then that client was, and and how and, and how I made my decision about ultimately leaving was that yeah, yeah I couldn't quite get my head around the, all the marketing that was involved with dealing with that client, so yeah. decided look just to um, uh, look at other avenues and I think move on from that, mm. um, and I went and freelanced. For a, a couple of years after, just to really sort of dip my toes into the industry, mm. um, see what other clients I could work for and other businesses, and obviously to have the freedom as well to sort of do whatever you want to do and work from home. Yeah, <laughs> Working at home, just like, yeah,
0: eating some yeah. cereal, just like, are you, how long is that project going to be taking? Uh, uh,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's right. It's like, isn't it a bit like the newsreaders, where they, uh, where I think they wear like the spare shorts, yep. and then they got the student tie on the top half. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I, I won't, I won't, I won't say anything. But I'm, I'm kind of like that right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, yeah got, got my basketball shorts on and it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, f- like formal hoodie, but yeah, yes. Yes, but, yeah, it. ready to Be, party. Um, <laughs>
1: the benefits of working from home I know it has its ups and downs
0: isn't it? yes yes I like basically when I found when I worked from home it was like it was great sort of like having that off op- like having that option to sort of like roll out a bed and then like power everything on but you kind of yeah. like zombie walk through rooms and then <laughs> sit down and you get to it <laughs> but then there's times where you're like I I really would like to talk to someone Just, just you know, I mean, distract me from what I'm doing right now. Just that little bit of company. (laughs) Oh, it's me and the TV in the background, or like human interaction. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I think is a downside. Yeah, Um, it is. No, 100%. Yeah, mm, yeah. (laughs) if I was ever working for myself, I would have to most probably be in a sort of co office spot or something like that. Yeah. um, So just have that. I Can interact with human beings if I needed to stop me, like, yes. losing it, uh,
1: but yeah,
2: 100%.
1: <laughs> we, we, need, we need to get distracted being humans, we need to be distracted at times so then we can focus, right? absolutely. <laughs> yes, or maybe that's just, maybe that's just from a creative perspective. I know that fellow creatives will probably understand.
0: Uh, no, 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 that, that's I mean. I'm I wouldn't call myself a creative, but like, yeah, I'm more of a hammer and tongue. Get on the phone, kind of guy yeah. for my like job. But there's times where you need to have that sort of mental break uh, when you've heard yeah. no about six million times and you're like, okay, yeah. someone talk to me. I want to get away from this for a while. <laughs> and like, yeah, so let me recharge my batteries, then I can go back onto it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, you were saying um, you like basically used did a little bit of contracting, working from home, and then basically, like, so, was it a case of you just tripped into doing the company by, like, doing, like, starting up the company, or was it a case of uh, more serendipitous, where you met, like, met one or two people? How did it happen? Yeah,
1: it's probably a combination. I know it's probably, probably a combination of things where I fell into it. I was freelancing, so with that, you sort of needed your own ABN here in Australia to do that. Mm. And then I suppose over time, I just made that official by creating, recruiting the company. Yeah. Um, or the business. And yeah, mm. and then acquiring some, some customers, you know. Mm. <laughs> Those yeah. co- the, the clients is exactly what you need. So yeah, I, I do remember when I... First started um, and launched. I actually was working with a lot of community kind of clients, which was really, really, really interesting actually for me because mm-hmm. because of that background, that story that I told before, where I was working more of that corporate environment or working for corporate clients, I should say, um, and and then wanting to work with. Uh, well over that time freelancing I, f- I figured in my own head that I wanted to work with companies that were doing good things yeah and work with good people and interesting projects whether they were community minded or not. So that was a bit of a you could say an intention of mine you know back then uh, it was it was a huge swing it was sort of like you know been working for these big big businesses I'm kind of a little bit over, not quite. It's not quite a fit anymore for me, and I feel like I want to do some good. Um, And, yeah, my first clients for the business were community-based projects and clients here in Melbourne, which was really awesome, yeah. Mm. So those those started to kick off, and I sort of thought, okay, maybe I'll continue doing this, and yeah, kind of sort of kept going, I suppose. And more and now I sort of work with more small businesses so I, I do that community stuff as well mm. but it's moved more into helping small business owners and entrepreneurs so but that was quite that was quite a swing for me and that was quite a really interesting one because it, I think it was the power of um, intention right um, you're putting out into the universe sort of what you feel like you want to you know clients you want to work with um, and that ended up coming back to me, which
2: yeah. which
0: I thought was very cool. Mm. No, I can imagine with regards to working with like, yeah, tobacco, alcohol, and gambling. Like from like, I would imagine from like what you just said, like a sort of energy, like like spiritual way for yourself. That was I can imagine quite wearing uh, after a mm. while. So like that type of wearing, like it was, yeah. You know, Imagine anyone wanting to stay in that too long because if you do, or if you're not aware yeah. of it, before you know it, it's going to be the thing what I would say makes you dis either dissatisfied with what you're doing in life, or eventually makes you sick in some way, either physically or like mentally in many regards. Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: No, every- and look, and everyone's different, aren't they? I mean, mm. some people, some people. Look, if you're happy in the job that you're in. Okay. happy working for the client and stuff, like all good, you know. I I just think for the people, though, and myself was included in this, if I was feeling just kind of, you know, I wasn't motivated to work for mm. that client and I didn't believe in what they were selling, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was a moral thing for me to just go, no, okay, I've got to change something because it's not making me happy. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to put my focus into – doing yeah better better projects and i think there was a period of time probably over it's probably two two years two and a half years where i think all i was getting was was these community projects mm. so it was kind of filling it was sort of filling me up you know in a, in a really positive way mm. from probably what i lost working for those other um, those other clients so yeah that was the big switch that was a big switch for me i think which was yeah which was really cool mm. Yeah, good, good.
0: Like one of the thing like you say you work with like smaller companies at this moment in time. Um mm. like one of the things I sometimes you, you look at the world and you see branding everywhere and like the power of brands. But do many of these companies actually understand it themselves or is it a case of they just
1: Yeah, uh yeah. they just want
0: a logo done and that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, good question. Really good question. It's probably it's probably 50/50, You know, like mm. I, I meet I meet um, people all the time that really um, that really do get branding, mm. and they can be they can be sole traders. They can be you know I've worked with um, husband and wife owners of businesses in um, sort of photography, videography kind of space, and they really understand branding. Um, so I think it depends on what your perspective is Um, and then of course I've met people that yeah really don't know much about how how important your brand is and I think that's more what we should be talking about just how important it is Mm. not not comparing to you know your your Nikes and your um, Virgin and you know all these you know your apples and all these because everyone sort of aspires to them but it's like hang on a second you're just a small business it's it it's not the same, yeah. And you don't you don't want it to be the same. But you can. But there are some some key things that small businesses should really take note, and they should, you know, they should think about. I think when they're starting out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to answer your question, it's a bit of both. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, because like uh, with regards to like people like who have come out on the rise, and uh, they're like. Uh, there's a YouTuber called Roberto Blake who talks about branding, and like he's very much a disciple of uh, Gary V and that type yep. of ilk. And you like you hear like they give out the same message again and again and again and again and again. Like they've like mm. a, I've like watched Gary V's content for maybe five, six years. Um, like started with yeah. like uh, video. love him. How great is he? Yeah, he's oh yeah. superb. Um it started with his video of life starting at 40, blah blah blah. Um my friend Steve Ball, who was also on the podcast, uh he sent me the video like, because we were having a sort of similar conversation and by sort of serendipitous serendipity. It mm. like he was like, Yeah, check this out. I was like Oh, right. But yeah, he always talks about the importance of branding like Not on, not on the like sort of like Apple, Nike, Coca Cola type levels, but your own personal brand and how it's important to make it happen uh, for brand yourself first and then take
1: things forward from there. Uh, Would you agree with that? I would. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's levels to you know, if um, Gary V is exceptional with what he does and Mm. his brand, his personal brand, um, you know, he. Just the way that he's sort of constantly out there and stuff. That's that's to get that content out there. You know yourself that that is that's pretty difficult to do. I think you need you know a bit of a team behind you. But I think what smaller businesses can do is just to go through that process if they haven't of just you know being really clear on who their customer is mm. and who their who what problem they are solving for their client or their customer, being really clear on that. And then being quite clear on on w- what you're going to deliver for them, mm. and then what and so therefore what your message is. So, br- you know, branding is really having those ideas in your head really clear. That's what branding is. So that your message when you're putting it out there that it's clear for people that are that are watching mm. or listening, or you know, whether it's a podcast that you're on or whether it's you know Instagram posts or or video or whatever you're sort of doing. I think it's just it, it's it's imperative that you are consistent with your message. Now, b- businesses change all the time. Mm. That, you know that that's that's really important too. Um, so, and sorry to clarify what I mean by that is is maybe your 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 goals for the business can change, or uh, what you're offering your services can change. You might go from offering two services to maybe three, four. Mm. But and with that, you have to be dynamic. Uh, in in what your messaging can be um, when talking to, to your audience but you don't want to change too much that then your audience thinks oh, you know, have they changed from, um, you know, doing websites suddenly they don't do websites and suddenly all they do is maybe develop apps or mm. something like that. Now, that might seem quite a natural change for the business owner but, but, but maybe, you know, that's a completely different Client, isn't it, or customer? Yeah. That they may have, they might be sitting there going, "Well, actually, I just wanted a website, and I thought you did that, but they don't anymore." And that, just as an example, that's something that I think is important. Um, So, in that case, sometimes what I say to my clients is, "If you are, if that's what you're doing, you want to change your what your what your business offering is." Well, then that's almost a um, an opportunity then to a brand refresh. Mm. Okay. And you don't have to change your name um, of the business um, if you don't want to. Sometimes people do. They do choose to change their name if it is. And if we keep the same example of websites to apps, maybe it's they could be called something digital, you know, maybe their name or maybe something websites. and, And obviously people might go, oh, yeah, we need to change that name because now we're doing something different. So there's those opportunities there. I think for... But getting back to the branding thing for, for small businesses, I think it's important just with your message to be consistent. Mm. Um, you don't need to be everywhere to everybody, like Gary V talks about. Like I, I watch a lot of his stuff, yeah, and it's amazing. It's amazing, but but for a lot of small business owners, uh, it's it's pretty challenging to be everywhere, um, and very difficult to do. Right, so. Yeah. You have to sort of think about, well, where your target audience is. Are they, if we're dealing with source, um, if we're talking about social media, are they in Facebook? Mm. Are they on Instagram or are they on LinkedIn? Where are they? And maybe just focus on one stream to start with anyway and then sort of branch out. Mm. So that's where branding just comes in into play, to be consistent with your message so that then really what they're after, right, is is trust. Yeah. So, you know, Sales, you know, I think you're you know, you're in sales, you understand that there's a trust element that goes on and as soon as people trust uh, who you are, what, what message you're bringing, um, probably what your core values are sometimes, and we're talking more of a brand now, mm. then, then there's, they're more likely for people to buy something from you. So um, if you're consistently putting a message out there uh, in front of those right people then that's when you'll start to get sales, stuff yeah. like that so I, yeah. so I talk through my clients, that kind of process mm-hmm.
0: like, I would imagine this process takes a little bit of time I wouldn't imagine it's like you sit down for one meeting and it's all done and dusted or is it like a case of a thing which uh, evolves and grows from like that process
1: Hmm. Yeah, you're right. No, it, um, sometimes, sometimes they're creative. So like if we're talking about a brand identity mm. design, so a logo design essentially, sometimes like that process for me sometimes can be quite quick. Mm. Um, but, but what's really important to start with and is that communication with the client up front. So yeah, the process uh, with me um, would be, first of all, we go into a bit of a discovery phase mm. so with the client. So it's around... I send them a a creative brief. It has a bunch of questions on them, which are pretty standard questions, but really just to understand what the level of thinking you've done already on uh, your business. And as an example, let's start with someone that's just starting a business, just starting off. So they need a a brand, they need a logo. Mm.
2: Um,
1: And it's questions around um, style preferences and thoughts on, you know, obviously around who their target audience is yeah. and where they think they are and obviously what they're selling in services and so on. So there's that discovery phase where I go through those, gather information from the client, do some research on uh, if they have any competitors in that industry, so some competitor analysis. Mm. And then after understanding from the client too whether they've got any uh, style um things that they like style wise, fonts, colors, you know, some clients come to me and they say, you know what, Hugh, I really love the color pink, you know, and I want to start this business and I'm, and I'm selling, uh, I, am a, I'm a baker and I'm cooking, um, I'm selling wedding cakes and I want pink and this is my name and let's go, wow. <laughs> you know, and so I say awesome, like yeah. it's a, it's amazing when, you know, some people have a really clear vision, which is great because then, it, you know, there's a lot of energy at the beginning, which is awesome, and mm-hmm. you can sort of try and get into their energy too, right, and sort of understand from their perspective where they're at with it. And, um, yeah, some I've had some really fun projects like that where they're really clear and then the process moves pretty smoothly. Um Sometimes they, the clients need a lot more help, you know, mm. um, which is completely fine. That's obviously why they want to engage someone, um, engage a designer, uh, a brand sort of specialist, is because you need to go sometimes through some of those exercises around maybe how to name your business. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting process. Um, you know, uh, and then what kind of a logo do you want? And then obviously talking about what their services are and, where they want to position themselves, basically, in in a market, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that can be so, that, so that's an interesting one because yeah, you have very different people coming to you, um, which I love. And going back to that process, yeah, once we go through that discovery phase, um, and some of those style cues, I'll then present back um, a mood board, which might have a lot of images on there that we've found on the internet, mm-hmm. um. Um, if we're doing a website, then they may have shown some uh, some websites that they really love. Yeah. Maybe a couple. Maybe a couple that they really don't like, which <laughs> is also like really good to yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. And to ask for, because it's it's you know what this process is is, is for me to understand um, what's in their head. You know. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the in, in a way it's sort of the secret source. You know, not by. Given away, but but designers, I think in general or creatives in general, are quite good at sort of putting themselves in their client's shoes. Okay, um, that's that's what I think anyway. I think as a bit of a strength. I mean, you have to show empathy, mm. you know, and you have to show some kind of an affinity with. Okay, well, if I'm if I'm this person and I want to sell wedding cakes, well then, what does that what does that feel like, and what is what is that? What colours would I be using? Now, it's great when that client comes forward and says, oh, "I want to use pink." So you go, well, "Cool, that's you know." And they're and they're a female. That that works perfectly. And um, but other times, obviously, it's a lot more challenging where you have to gather just more information, and you're processing that you know in your head to try and to try and figure it out as you go. But uh, yeah, that's where the that's where the I suppose the secret lies in a way mm. is just having empathy for your client. Yeah. Which is super important. Hey,
0: yeah, <laughs> no, no, I agree. I agree. And I, yeah, no, basically, uh, no, there is some like real insight into like your sort of, uh, how can I say the process of getting things right mm. for your clients? Uh, i got to say, um, must be hella challenging because like, yeah, what, I imagine you say getting inside your client and sort of empathizing with them, like but what their sort of creative vision is and your creative vision, sometimes it will be completely opposite yeah. poles and trying to get that down uh in a time time efficient manner in a time efficient manner uh to mm. like know what go right, this is what we want and this is how it is, and you meet in the middle tricky i wouldn't i wouldn't be able yeah. to do it uh no no <laughs> no like yeah you know, i can imagine there are some people what fall into the trap where they get too hard headed and go i am the creative this is my like you yeah. like, you have a vision but no this is what i do and forget about what the client really wants
1: yeah that's an trap. interesting point you bring up actually because because i do remember i do remember. Designers, uh, uh, well, maybe as, in an, as an industry, I mm. think there's always people um, within that industry that are a bit hard nosed about it, like like you say there, and they sort of want to do things their own way and 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 whatnot. I think um, throughout my whole career, I can probably stand by this: is that I've never really been one of those mm. those hard nosed creatives. I've actually tried to best as I can to. Um, um, to to see from the client's perspective and to gather enough information to make a good call on it, you know, and make a uh, a good recommendation. And obviously, I'll you know I'll put my foot down if I need to, mm. around um, because you know you are the you know they are coming uh, as far as they see it. And hopefully they do see you, but they are coming to an expert, right? No, no, no. I hope so. I have so, my yeah, yeah. For you. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Fingers crossed. That you yeah. know why you're coming yeah. to right? me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you hope that that is that relationship so that then they trust you in your opinion, right? So, mm. so it's, it is a two-way street. We'll put your foot down. I will put my foot down on certain things, but, yeah, generally not too much. Mm. um it's about steering the client into that direction as well it's not about um saying that this is the way that it goes it's just steering and sort of guiding into the right decision I think with naming businesses that that's sort of the the approach that I take as well because um you know naming businesses is a very personal thing for that for the owner yeah you know so again if we're talking about it if it's a sole ownership or even if it's a husband and wife team or if it's even if it's someone that's thinking they might have a team of 10 or 15 later down the track
2: mm-hmm. the name
1: of the business is really important isn't it yeah it's super super important oh, yeah. and and that that individual has to have an affinity with that name yeah no um, a personal kind of a, a sense that yep i understand that they have to understand that if they're answering the phone they're talking to people that they understand what the purpose is behind that that brand and that name. They have to be confident when they say it. Um, You know, there's a whole bunch of other things that are behind that. So I'll guide them into them making their own decision about the name. I'll make recommendations. Yes. And there's some exercises that we can go through around naming um, and steering them in that right direction. But ultimately, it does lie with the client to say, oh, yes, cool. Out of these three, I'm really resonating with, with this one. Yeah so super
0: important yeah no yeah no I've got to say it did take a little bit of time to sort of uh work my way into the name for this podcast I was like yeah like gonna call it this I'm gonna call it that bouncing around this no yeah um I, I I was gonna call it um yeah the endless journey of growth at one point uh, but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it like it was like okay um like yeah and then I was like, yeah, day in, day out, because in my mind, yeah, I'm talking to people about their sort of day in, day out, like, sort of. Yeah, I like, like it. Um, Like, yeah, their day in, day out, like, activities, their journey. Like, yeah, so that's how it sort of came to me. But I would say there was many a name, uh, which I went, that's fantastic, that's a great name. And then, like, yeah, I had to cast it to the side because it was just mm. no. <laughs>
1: no, mm. no, 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 no.
0: But, yeah, it took, cause it took a little bit of time. But, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's all good. Amazing. And
1: yeah. you've also got the element, I think, with your name around – because I know you're a football fan. Yes.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: anybody that watches football knows that there's – you know, sometimes the coaches do talk about that sort of day in, day out type mm. of um, phrase, right, yeah. around football. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, it's a nice kind of a, uh, a phrase. It's a nice sort of metaphor for, okay, – what business can be like day in day out and also from the football aspect knowing you and you, you love football so i can see that aspect too
0: yes like you know what i am like i would talk about football more on the podcast but it's one of those things i i'm a football like, i'm a football fan to the level of like yes I, I i know my first team but like if you ask me to sort of like start to go in deeper like with other players and all that sort of in-depth knowledge I'll be like, mm. yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> but uh, if you told me what would be the best tactic right now, I must already go, yeah. If you do this, do that, do that. I must already come up with a decent like strategy behind it. But I don't yeah. sort of have that sort of deep pool of knowledge of which player would you bring on right now to make that change, uh, to sure. make things better. And yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't claim or profess. 'Cause there are there are many a person who sits in their armchairs who knows stats mm. going back to like friggin' <laughs> nineteen sixty four or beyond talking about this, that, the other, who should be on yeah. a, a platform talking about it with a couple of their mates and like going, Yeah, I would I would give a lot of time towards that to listen to but they're not. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Um, no, there's levels to it for sure. There's people with absolutely
1: there's there's those um podcasts that people have and there's those shows that people have i think on sky sports or something yeah it's pretty Mm. incredible yeah people know these days is insane oh yeah
0: and like you know what i mean (laughs) uh yeah and like some people go oh yeah but you know quite a lot no that's like uh, in comparison i'm just Mm. i'm a filthy casual it's like
1: uh yes uh, yeah but you've got got other things to do haven't you meanwhile Uh, you've got this podcast that you're running you've got your exercise that you're doing so yeah, like, yeah, you gotta you got to be doing lots of different things, not focusing on one thing.
0: Yeah, well, like this is the thing. When you talk about exercise, you exercise yourself a, a lot as well. So, you know, mm. know what I
1: mean? Um, Like
0: as you were talking about uh, the boxing classes you've been taking. Uh, yeah. Like so, yeah. you know what I mean? You are keeping yourself active. And I do, like I agree with you in the sense of you've got to do many things to sort of keep your, like, keep you sharp around a lot of different areas. Um one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because what I, I I don't know about you but for me as time goes by uh you sort of stop engaging as much as you used to like in comparison to like three if I went jump back 10 years in my 30s I'd be like oh yeah I was engaging with people on this level if i went mm. back to my 20s it was like that level and in my teens it was astronomical if you get
1: what i mean yeah that's right yeah um, yeah i think your friendship group does does get a lot smaller doesn't it when you when you when you get a little bit older yeah not yeah yeah definitely and i think that's it. yeah personally i think that's a good thing it means that you can you have more in-depth conversations and relationships mm-hmm. with people um for sure, but yeah look i i really I really enjoyed you know the boxing fit, as I think I said to you off, yeah, um just before we started this that i'm not getting in the ring anytime soon, <laughs> so Hey. No chance of that. I'm not. I'm not a real violent person put it that way.
0: Hey, I'm just wanted to see you on the UFC in that <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, like throwing elbows, oh. like yeah, putting oh, in triangles, God. left, right, and center. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fascination. I mean, I don't know why, but I'm fascinated with that kind of stuff. Maybe it's the. Um, you know like the discipline or the the ability that they those people have but mm. yeah not not going to start it anytime soon <laughs> just purely for fitness purely yeah. for fitness and look it helps it helps i think when you know running businesses and and doing other things mm. for me it's a great um stress release um and just as a yeah as a, as a daily thing to get out of the house obviously too you know interact with some people yeah. like we were talking about before so that's always good yeah very yeah. valuable, going and exercise for sure, man.
0: Absolutely. Like, uh, with regards to, like, sort of things which have in- influenced you, uh, is there a particular book, movie, or sort of, like, um, or sort of, like, influencer which has, like, played their effect, others, say, than Gary Vee or anything like that over the
1: last year or two? Oh, good question. Yeah, putting me on the spot, hey. Uh, great no. question no. great question great question i I mean obviously um you know uh going through like learning about design I've had a you know read lots of books on that subject mm. um, around branding and stuff um unfortunately, I can't remember any sort of names, but those were ones that they sort of formulated my idea on what branding's about and um, the benefits of it, and the you know the process, and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like a mishmash of a bunch of whole different mm. sort of levels of training. Um, you know, I, for me, for me now, I think it's really about um, you know listening to a lot of different um, people that are out there, whether they're on you know YouTube and um, different platforms. And look, Gary V. I I know you mentioned Gary Vee. He, yeah. he's, he's actually a standout to me yeah. because, because he, he's turned from sort of, a, you know, um, a business owner, entrepreneur to now more of a speaker who really is an advocate for, you know, going out and trying things mm-hmm. and not wasting time and, you know, um, acknowledging when you're in, you know, a crap job. And go do something else. So for for me, because because I've gotten to, so I've been following his work for probably the last four or five years, and that's been in sort of tandem with my business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I really probably feel that he's probably had a, a real strong effect on me because a lot of his stuff is around mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and I think for a lot of us, and it is an ongoing process. You know. Uh, Nobody's perfect. We're all trying to move along sort of this journey, whatever journey that we're on, um, whether it's personal or professional or what have you, but Gary Vee for me has been amazing to give me confidence and ability and mindset to mm-hmm. say, you know, no, screw this. I'm actually going to go try and do this other thing. Um, confidence to go do things by yourself, think for yourself. Um, and also, you know, being someone over the age of 40 as well, I think... For
0: for shame, no, no. <laughs>
2: no.
1: With your youthful looks, no, sir. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, um, uh, you're too kind, meanwhile, too kind. But, uh, uh, you know, for people in that sort of age bracket, <laughs> age bracket, I think it, that stuff that he talks about, if you haven't known, is just super important because I think for a lot of people um you know that idea of a midlife crisis um, has been around i think maybe that idea has that paradigm has kind of changed you know it used to be people r- rushing out buying ferraris and yeah. motorbikes and other things right maybe their relationship might be breaking down um um i think these days and it, maybe this is just my perspective because i you know I, I i mean keeping with a lot of clients that are starting businesses and in around that kind of groups, right? But I do see a lot of people getting to those sort of 40-ish and a little bit older and thinking uh, this corporate job or this job I've had all my life up until that point, I actually want to do something that has purpose, that yeah. has meaning, mm. right? And and they, they make a decision um, that, oh, crap, I'm actually not enjoying what I'm doing or I've always wanted to start um, – an online business. I've always, you know, as an example, maybe they maybe they sell, maybe they make their own clothes mm-hmm. or they make something, right? And so they start a business online. So so I've I've seen a lot of that stuff happen. And so for me that's really it's been empowering for me because it's made me look at in at my age looking at other avenues for income. Yeah. So to say, you know, um, yes I can sell my services as a as a designer um, logos websites those types of things but I can also look at other avenues of income selling products online um, you know Amazon situations drop shipping mm-hmm. um, lots of different marketing areas that I suppose I've learned through Gary V highlighting some of those options and then then diving deeper into um, into platforms like YouTube and finding out a little bit more about that as well. So I think that's important, and so that's that's been quite important for me, as well as then I've seen that with clients that have come to me because they've reached that sort of similar stage. So yeah, he, he's been sort of pivotal, I think, um, and with his with his stature, I think, in the industry at the moment, he's 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 someone that. Um, that might take a little while to sort of warm up to, because you know his his <laughs> approach his approach is pretty <laughs> yeah no like his approach is
0: it, it his approach I've got to say like if you're not sort of used to it it is quite raw and like the whole thing yeah. is um he kind of like how can I put it he elim- like he tries to eliminate some like many of the like BS excuses we'll come up with on a sort of day-to-day basis Uh, because like for example, like right now what we're doing like with this podcast, okay, um, this is something which, okay, if it was 10 years ago would be considerably more of a challenge Mm. to do. Uh, Mm. Now, it's a case of with my setup right now, um, uh, I've got it hooked up to a PC, got a couple of USB mics, a webcam and, like away, yeah. um, like yeah, tried to do it over Skype, but Skype didn't work. But doing like Facebook yeah. Messenger is working right now. And, That's good, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing: if we were face to face, there is other products you can buy to have a podcast studio in the mm. size, like in the space of a laptop, say. So, like I would say, yeah, like you don't need to put out a lot of capital investment to get started with a lot of these things. It's just mm. a case of, yeah, get start like, starting with it. Like, with, you mentioned YouTube. um, Okay, like, I've got myself a 80D Canon camera. But now, today, with many of the, like, if you bought a phone in the last two or three years, you've mm. got, like, such a good camera on that to do video recording or anything like that, you're mm. perfectly fine with it. It's like a case of, there are, it's he's trying to like go okay you've got this excuse but there's this this is the alternative solution to that you've got that excuse this is the next solution to that like if you're blogging you've got like you can do it either off your phone or off a tablet or off a computer yeah. one of these things or all three of these things you're going to own so it just a case of you getting out there putting yourself forward and don't let anyone like get in your way or BS you that you can't do it. Mm. It comes down mm. to you make sure to represent the best you can and bring yourself in a quality way. Um, yeah, and let the market decide, which he often says. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. But it's just giving it a go, isn't it? Like, mm. I think I think a lot of people look. You know, at various times we're all guilty of this. I think it's just the natural condition where we question ourselves. We we, um, you know, we do things like self-sabotage, you know, yeah. on occasion, right? You've probably all heard of that. Um, yeah. Some of us to different degrees. Um, but just starting something. And, again, if, if it's something that you have been thinking about for a long time, like starting a business or or um, changing careers yeah. or moving countries or whatever you want to do, it's, you know – yeah, I can't sort of. I think what he brought was just an urgency. I suppose a sense of urgency mm. where he brings that across in yeah a pretty full on kind of manner. But I think that's <laughs> that sort of helps to wake people up, right? Yeah,
0: no, and I think people like there are people what do need to be waking up. Um, just to like some of their like true potential because like I would say there are many of us out there who like mm. basically are not going at our uh, true potential. Like even if it was a case of you were going, like doesn't even to be that much more, maybe 5% more than they're going at right now, their life will be so much more richer than what it is uh, currently. So it's just a case of, yeah, finding what your true potential is and finding out what is that sort of true calling. It might sound corny, but you know what I mean, what Mm. that true calling could be. And I would say with that, even it doesn't mean you're making a bucket load of money. It's just a simple case of you're doing something which is going to empower you and make you feel that much better, happier, uh, for like the long and short of it. I would say that yeah. sometimes comes down to being the more important thing. And with when you were talking about, yeah, uh, going back to the company where you were working for, like alcohol, uh, uh, alcohol, um, tobacco and I keep about to say guns, but not, not guns. No, that was yeah, the one that gambling, was I, I hadn't. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but gambling, um, how that was in a way not playing to like, well, one, uh, like the main thing, not to your happiness, but I would say also to, uh, not to what you would say your sort of, like true potential is if you go at me. So, yeah. Um, definitely.
1: No, definitely. Is that true potential? And I think with, with certain, uh, yeah, with business owners that I meet, um, some of them is really strong with them. You know, mm-hmm. they've had that epiphany, they've had that bit of a pivotal moment in their life um, where sometimes, look, sometimes it's, it's so many different things. Sometimes it's maybe they got, re- you know, they got retrenched at work and mm-hmm. suddenly they're in a time where they've, they've actually got space and time to think about what they want to do, what their next thing is going to be. They might have had a, a feeling that, you know, maybe they've, they have been uh, making their own clothes at home or jewellery. Mm. I get that quite a lot you know, with creatives, making things at home. But often the job that they're in for so long hasn't uh, – you know, it's tough, right? Like you're in a full-time work. You've got all these other commitments. It's okay. actually pretty tricky to follow your passion in other areas. You really have to work pretty hard. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, spending time on weekends, spending time in the evenings – Sometimes you have to f- forget about other things that you're doing, um, other social gatherings and other things like that, just to concentrate on that. And not everyone can find time. So sometimes it's it's pivotal moments where people find themselves in. They've got space and time to think about. Hang on, I love doing this. Yeah, I want to make more of it. And now there are options that they can that they can use with the internet, uh, and you know. To go back to and to tie it in with branding, I think, you know, people people buy from people that they like,
2: mm.
1: right, essentially. So people people will purchase, people will buy your product um, if they like you, and then they will go out and find more information generally about you with the internet, Um there's often a fair bit of stuff that we can find out about people, just just what their business page looks like, mm. um, um, what their LinkedIn is, what their background is. And so if, if the person can see where they've kind of come from and that they're being driven by a purpose, yeah. and if they maybe have a mission statement regarding their business or – had kind of an epiphanal sort of moment. That's, I think, is inspiring for others, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think that's inspiring for people, even if they're purchasing, as an example, say, some jewelry from from that person. They can see that, yep, they love what they do. Um, They can see that in the creative execution. And then they go, amazing, I buy into what that business is about. And I buy into you. And I buy into that product. And that is essentially what branding is. It's around, it's not just a name. It's not just saying... Um, oh, there's this business called Apple. Yeah. Like, why have they called themselves after a fruit?
2: <laughs>
1: like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if you strip away the brand, people would probably ask that question. If, if you didn't know who Apple was, they would be like, why are they, why weren't they called just, you know, kiwi fruit mm. or like banana or something like it's. It's pretty interesting, but because Apple has got such a brand, meaning that they've got equity in everything that they do, they're known for amazing design, they're known for user experience, they're known for, you know, a whole bunch of other things. That is what makes the brand. So if you can do that in your small business, I think it's super important. People Mm. will buy more from you. Yeah and
0: like this is the thing i would say anyone who has got a small business something they can take away from like like the big boys the big boys and girls uh, businesses out there is like look at the sort of work ethic which has gone behind building that brand uh, like basically making it that brand a institution into the society like it's mm. not about like replicating that success but if you can replicate the success of that brand behind it all, and once you've done that, I would say yeah. things can start moving quite quickly for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, you, no, you're spot on. You're spot on. And I think it's about taking just a little little points from how those bigger companies do it, because realistically, you know, you you can't play in that arena. Mm. Um, but but what you can do is is uh, have a clear direction. Yeah, have a clear purpose as to what what you're selling and who you're selling to and then and then create a clear brand. So brand in a visual sense. So if you do have a logo, make sure that that logo um, and your name and your colours that you've got for that brand are, are used across all the platforms that you want to be on, mm. so social platforms. So every place where your customer might, might see you, make sure that it looks consistent. So we don't want to have, you know, different logos, you know, an old one and a new one on Facebook and, you know, you don't want to have different fonts that's under your name or you want it, you want it to be consistent because then that is around trust. So that creates trust from your customer, right? So as I said, people will start to look around and sometimes gather information before they want to buy from say a web designer or a, branding expert um, and if they can see it consistent across then then you, you've won in that arena um, and if you know where your customer is then just target your efforts in that space, mm. you know, that's what I would say to my, my clients they, it, and this doesn't have to cost a lot of money and it doesn't have to take a lot of time, mm. it's actually just about focusing on what those key elements are and then just do them really well Excellent, excellent.
0: Uh, you know what? I've got to say, uh, oh, we are one hour and 44 minutes in. Wow, Uh, yes, (laughs) uh, yep. Um, it's late here and I'm gonna have to go. I'm sorry to cut it short, but yeah, no, you have being a star a legend sir uh can you tell people where they can find you uh like what's your social medias and all of that i will be putting them in the description as well but yes yeah, so. yep
1: yeah absolutely no thank you for having me on again meanwhile it's been excellent it's been really awesome to chat thank you for oh, the opportunity oh no thank you for this man
0: yeah, your pleasure
1: bro um, and yeah, so people can get hold of me. The website is uh, au, mm-hmm.
2: and
1: across social, so I'm on Facebook. If you just look up The New Company on there and on Insta, it's The New Company Studio. And, so please um, please check us out there. Uh, are you on the Twitter site? Uh, my, my personal one is there, so it's... It's, it's uh, Hugh Davies uh, Design, I believe, is my handle. Um, I don't use it a lot for business, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. um, not one of those streams that I do use, but, yes, I'm on there if people want to check me out there, too. Awesome.
0: Excellent, excellent. Okay, yeah, um, what I'm going to say is, I, yeah... Thank you uh, very much, my friends, my life warriors, for listening to this podcast. The podcast. I want to say thank you to Hugh. Uh, yes, if you can take a moment or two to go to his uh, website, check him out. Like, yeah, subscribe to any of his links or like give him a like, give him a chat if you need to. That'd be great. And yeah, by all means, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's been, it's been an interesting journey so far, and yeah, I'm glad I'm catching up with some, yeah, great, great old friends, anyway, I say goodbye to you, my friends, I say goodbye to you, my life warriors, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic, be all the positive bees you can be, and have a great day, okay, boom,
2: oh yeah.